When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Menopause is coming and the men have all left town. But I'm not giving up until I see that baby crown. Could be bald and bearded, shorter, tall, funny, smart, love basketball. From gay to straight, black to white, tiny eyes with an underbite. I just need sperm. Sperm cast. Hi, you guys. I did it. I'm 40. It's Tuesday morning. I'm in the best mood. The weather's nice and chilly. Uh, I've got an audition in a couple hours, and then I'm going to take some headshots of two adorable little boys this afternoon. Then I might take a nap or go to the rock climbing gym for one last time before I put my membership on hold. And then, let's see. Oh, then I'm going to watch last night's episode of Bachelor in Paradise and eat some pizza because that's a birthday dream to me. After that, I'm going to go to a friend's book launch party. And then I'm probably going to go to another friend's concert at Hotel Cafe if I'm not too sleepy because I am 40 now and I might need to go to bed at 9 o'clock. It's a full life and I'm so happy and lucky to be surrounded by supportive, creative people who love and accept me and to have people like you actually tuning into my podcast and connecting with what I'm talking about. I'm so deeply honored and I can't thank you enough for coming on this journey with me. Whew. Now, I'm positive there are some first-time listeners today because of my ultra-special guest, so let me tell them, hey, I'm Molly Hockey, and I promise I'm not always this chipper and sappy. If you start the podcast from the beginning, you'll hear lots of ups and downs to really suck you in and get you all hooked. But go ahead, listen to this episode, and then check out some of the other episodes later. Who cares? Have fun! Some backstory. I'm an actor, writer, comedian. I'm 40 today. I'm single. I've always wanted kids. And the universe was like, no, girl, you need to wait and suffer and be alone for a while and then figure out another path to motherhood. So I decided to find a sperm donor via podcast. And that's it. Okay, here are some updates. Last week, I had the funniest fucking health scare but my mom forbids me to tell you guys about it so I'm just gonna have to keep it to myself it's really a shame though because it's very funny I also finally made myself go pick up Benny's ashes from the vet after three months and I had myself a big old cry and that was probably good for me although it has stirred up some emotions and I do feel a little bit anxious but moving on I've paid all my bills I have enough money for rent I sent out a headshot newsletter to my 1000 plus clients and I have some shoots lined up I'm working on another creative project that makes me very excited, and this episode is really dope, so let's get to it. You know him from Andy's season of The Bachelor, and then Caitlin's season of The Bachelor, and Bachelor in Paradise, and then on his very own season of The Bachelor. You guys, if you are a Bachelor fan, you are freaking out right now because you know who I convinced to come to Amanda's house in Pasadena for an interview. Nick? Nick what? Nick Vial. Oh my god, that is his voice, you guys. Somehow I reached him, somehow he responded to my message, and somehow he said okay. 
Now, before he came on the show, I told him he didn't have to prepare. So when he arrived at Amanda's, he hadn't heard a single episode, which is great. All he knew was that this was about me finding a sperm donor, but I don't think he realized how serious it was. Legitimately. Legitimately. You really are. Yes. Okay. But now you've already said you would be on the podcast, but not as a donor. Yes. (laughs) Oh, there was a question in there. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I'm still trying to figure out okay, what, let me what the tell hell you is more going about oh, Okay, yes, 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 of course. So I told Nick all about the show. I told him I interview potential sperm donors from friends to strangers. I told him I break in with research or expert interviews. I told him how I thought this podcast was going to make me millions and billions of dollars and allow me to finally have a baby. And I told him how exciting and scary it's all been to talk about my feelings, the feelings that I've been stuffing for 20 years. I haven't made billions yet, and four months in, I'm more confused than ever. But I'm learning so much about myself in this humongous and weird fertility and sperm industry. I also told him it was my birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> wow. Thanks. Yeah, that's crazy. So this... you're my birthday episode. Yes. yes. This is a good birthday episode. I know. Isn't it fun? Yeah. I'm so excited. So I thought with you here, I w- I'm kind of curious about what it is like to be in the spotlight and, you know, going on The Bachelor you're kind of expected to want to get married and have kids on The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. In some ways, like The Bachelor is a big version of sperm cast because it's literally like a bunch of women like wanting your yeah. sperm. Is They're it? all hungry I mean, to don't have they babies. want to marry you and have your baby? God, it sounds so intimidating when you say it like that. Oh, so you didn't think of it like that going into it? That they were there for my seed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I did not. No. But you did think that they wanted to get married and have kids? I mean, generally speaking, I think everyone goes for the experience. Right. Right. Um, There's a level, there's degrees of sincerity. um, But I would say most people, and it's changed a little bit because of social media in the past two years has really amplified the opportunity it can bring Mm -hmm. uh, or even a false sense of expectation uh, with things like Bachelor in Paradise and the spinoffs. It's like when I first went on, there was just The Bachelor and Bachelorette. And, right. you know, maybe you had an outside chance of being The Bachelor, but probably not. Mm-hmm. And social media existed, but not like what it is today. And so there wasn't really a playbook. So you kind of went on with this excitement of like, I'm going to get to travel, maybe. Um, yeah. I'll get to be on TV. I don't know what that's like because, you know, most people go on or just your average Joe people who at that time in their life, being on the five o'clock news was cool. Right. So it was yeah. just like, oh, I mean, this will be neat. Right. Yeah. And so how you, old were you when you went on the first time? 33. Oh. And so um, I think generally people go with the excitement, with the sincerity of like, you know, for me, it was more I'm going to do this. Clearly, I'm going for the experience. And I guess we'll see. You mm-hmm. know, you kind of decide if I'm going to do it, I'll have an open mind, certainly a level headed a level a level headedness about skepticism. Like, you know, your friends are like, are you really think you're gonna fall in love? You're like, of course not. I mean, yeah. but once you decide to go, you're like, I mean, she seems attractive, so we'll see. And then you've you know, you fall into that bubble and it kinda like takes over and you're yeah. kind of screwed at that point. But you know, I think that and then you know, a lot of people who go on, they they're casting people again like from middle America who kind of still have that traditional I would like to get married and have yeah. a family. Yeah. I don't even I don't remember if I was asked in the casting process if I wanted to have a family or kids. Oh, wow. that's so interesting. That I don't remember. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, if they're casting for a show, I, that, that might be an interesting character to have. I mean, mm-hmm. if I were a producer, someone who like really wants to meet someone but has no interest in kids. Yeah. Listen that might up. Be, Listen up, bachelor casting. That would be interesting. I yeah. mean, it hasn't. I'm almost surprised that hasn't happened. 
you know, obviously there's a lot of decision makers. There's head of casting and there's producers. And when you go through the casting process, you literally will meet an entire room of producers, you know, yeah. at various levels. And obviously it all comes down to ultimately to the various, you know, few people who are in charge in the casting. But like everyone has a say, you know, for everyone who gets casted, there's at least one advocate in that room who thinks they have a shot of connecting with the lead. Okay. I've, I don't know if I really believe that, but... But they're definitely looking for more eligible people. Yeah. You know, there's definitely some people they think, you know, this might be more entertaining where this person legitimately might be in a candidate that yeah. can connect. Yeah. Um, so it would be interesting if they casted someone who they thought the lead would really fall for, but didn't didn't, have, didn't, didn't ha- want, kids. want kids. If the lead, for example, really wanted it. Or already had kids and didn't want So them. then I told Nick about Andrew, the fellow I used to date who... Pretty much springboarded me into this whole situation because he already had kids and he didn't want to have any more. And so I said, "Fine, I'll see you in five years after I have my own." Um, I should say that when you accepted or said that you would come on this show, you said, "But not as a donor." Um, so is that is that the case? I just want to yeah. as as of right now up on a scale expect- of zero to ten, where are you? Zero. Okay, cool. Not By the that- end of this, I'm going to get that up to about a four. Well, even if Nick doesn't want to give sperm, he has access to Bachelor Nation. Oh my gosh, <laughs> maybe that's right. Some some friends of his would. Is want there to give anyone sperm. who's been on the show that you would want to father your child? Aside from you. <laughs> Assuming I'm not eligible, yes. <laughs> I, I mean, listen, I, I I still have hopes for myself to, to have a family in a more traditional way. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, let's move on to that because I'm curious. Yeah. What do you imagine for yourself? What do I imagine? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've gotten to the point in my life where I, you know, I don't set a lot of limits or expectations. You know, I think that's something you do when you're a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, my life has changed in ways I never would have expected. Yeah. But other than, other than the fact that I'd like to meet someone and have a family with them. For sure. I mean, I'm less traditional. Like, I should, would I like to get married? Sure. But even that, it's like less important to me than really connecting with someone yeah. and having a family with than, you know, the expectation of this magical wedding day, you know, or something. Does I'm curious, like how being your experience being in this, the Bachelor franchise has if it has affected your feelings surrounding marriage and family. No, I don't think the show really has had an effect on my feelings towards relationships or or marriage. Um, I think as I've grown and evolved, I've kind of, I grew up in a very traditional conservative, you know, Catholic household. And I still have a lot of those kind of morals and beliefs kind of embedded in me that I value. But obviously I've, you know, progressed as a person and I've, you, know, you move out West and you learn different points of view and you evolve. And so that has kind of changed that. Um, but the show really hasn't really changed my perception. Uh, it certainly has affected my dating life. Um, <laughs> my God, that must be crazy. I mean, how, what do you do? It's not easy. <laughs> yeah. So has it made it harder? Well, it's hard to say, right? I mean, cause I have a lot of friends who aren't on the show who are single, um, who, whether it's LA or anywhere else, like dating's hard. There are aspects of being on the show that make it difficult. Since been on the show, I have dated other people in the public eye. I have dated people who like before are just teachers or, you know, doing whatever. You know, when you were a kid growing up and you kind of see actors or famous people like real celebrities and they're always going from like one actor to another and you're like why don't they just date a normal person again i just remember thinking that like growing up in wisconsin and again not to compare myself to some of these people but i realize that like it's it's 
Well, it's in life. It's easier to date someone who can relate to you. Yeah. That's why I only date poor people. When you date people, you want someone who can relate to you, understand your points of view. I mean, obviously, you also want to meet someone who doesn't necessarily have everything the same as you, so you can evolve, but it's hard to want to explain yourself or have to explain yourself all the time. For example, if someone works in the industry, whether it's in production or whatever, Mm -hmm. that's fine because they Mm -hmm. seem to have an ability to relate at least a little bit. I have gone on dates with like someone who's just a fan of the show, which is I'm fine with, but they have a tendency of, they pretend that they don't care. They pretend they don't watch it. They, it, it feels like they're trying to prove to me that they don't care or they don't think that I think that I'm better than them, if that makes oh, sense, which sure. I don't, but there's so much energy on that where it's just like, I, I don't, then I, I subsequently don't feel safe Aww. communicating with them. Mm-hmm, right. Yeah. Because I just, it's you can just tell they're trying so hard to not care to like yeah. play cool to play it cool yeah is and that what i did? like weirdly lie about no like you're, <laughs> when you like came i feel i feel more comfortable around people if if someone watches the show yeah i feel more comfortable around people who say i'm a huge fan of the show i'm upset even if they say i'm obsessed with the uh-huh. show i feel safer around the person that person as opposed to the person, I can obviously tell they watch the show, yeah. but lies about it yeah. for whatever oh, yeah. reason because they don't want to admit they watch it. To yeah. me, that feels weird, and I immediately am like have my guard up around. I'm kind of curious, like where are you meeting people? Uh, same as like at a bar. But do you or... get to do stuff? No, online? I don't. I mean, I, I, I re, I was, <laughs> I was on Raya. Didn't want to go on, but I was fairly new to LA. It was like three years ago, and then a couple months in, I was like, you know what? Put me on. I want to meet people. Like I was just, yeah, just wanting to like just meet people in LA. This is before it had the uh, here for just friends thing you can put on, which I find stupid. Like, I, why does anyone? Put I on can't there? get on Raya. I don't know what it looks like on that uh, interface. <laughs> they have an option that you can t- have a disclaimer, like oh you're here God. for just to make friends. Oh, it's like oh, really, wow. yeah, right. Okay. Hey, listeners, um, Raya like a is trick. a dating app for, for famous to It's the Soho house of dating apps. Yeah. <laughs> so and, they, and like, they waitlisted me. It's not fucking fair. Oh, at least you got on the waitlist. Whatever. Uh, Raya, if you're listening, please, I'm begging you. I'm desperate. Take me off the waitlist and put me in the system. I need this, Raya. Come on. I know I'm not a model or a celebrity, Raya. I know I only have a moderate amount of Instagram followers, but trust me, your dudes are going to love me. I'm funny i love to bake pies i'm good at sports men love a girl that's good at sports don't they i've got a podcast all about sperm i mean what more could a guy ask for nick you gotta vouch for me give me like a friend pass come on nick yeah it's i don't go to the bars a lot anymore i go out to dinner with friends but also like i do it that that's harder right i mean for me it's i have an insecurity about i'm probably more insecure about approaching someone in person now because of the fear that they might know who I am, not necessarily good or bad, but it's just like, it's just seems weird. Just they know who you are. Like, yeah, it's like the bachelor hit on me last night. I don't know. Like I, it's just, I've never really been quite good at that. And I don't know. I don't, so I don't do that as much. It's always like, Oh, everyone talks. I love how people are always like, I want to meet someone organically, like at a grocery store. You know, everyone always says that. (laughs) A coffee shop. Yeah. A coffee shop. And like someone at a grocery store one day and I spent, Seven hours with him. Oh my god! And then I and then I didn't see him after that. We had the most wild day. <laughs> and that was it. What did you do? We sat in his truck 
in the back of his truck and he played guitar in the parking lot of Lassen's. No, in the Nature Mart back. It was the Nature Mart back then. And then when you say back then, what are we talking here? Oh, ten years ago. Okay. Um, you I met him at a grocery store. Uh huh. What him department? The Nature Mart in the bulk food section. Bulk foods. <laughs> who approached who? I just told him his his watch was cool. And, okay, and he's like, let's go see my pickup truck. And then he was from truck. Manchester, England. Oh, okay. And he was so handsome. And um, and then we, we played guitar. I mean, he played guitar. Did It'll he live here or was he like visiting? I can't remember. And then we went to my house and we hung out, got in my hammock. And oh my God, this, uh, this is too much. Did you hook up in the hammock? <laughs> we made out in the hammock. I don't know what hook up means anymore. We did didn't you have sleep sex. with them? No. Okay. We did a lot of other things. You got handsy in the hammock, the hump yeah. hammock. No, we went first. The, look, it's a montage, okay? We did hammock. Then we went to his we house. We did hammock. Then we went to his house to make juice. He had a house. Apartment. Molly, this story keeps getting house. crazier. So he lived here. I guess, yeah. He, he lived you here. You mean he guessed? I he forgot. Had a house. I or forgot. Or was he squatting at a friend's? What kind of juice? Like a green juice? Yeah. I, he was buying a ton of um, greens and shit. So we made juice. And then he had a grand piano. And he started playing the piano and we were harmonizing. Okay, this is weird. Hold on. And then he had this fur rug and um, like, you know, one of those white things. And then, and then <laughs> he took his necklace off. He was very hippie -ish. Sorry, huh? Yeah. He had a necklace on? Okay, check. <laughs> he took, I was on the, never mind. I can't tell this part of the story. Fuck it. Yes, I can. He took off his shark tooth necklace. I lay there, topless. My blonde hair fanned out on the white faux fur rug. He slid the necklace over my head, the cold shark tooth betwixt my heaving breasts. And he said, you look like a Viking. Then we went for bike rides. Okay. And then we rode our bikes to the coffee shop. Were you guys shop. smoking weed? I think we might have smoked weed. Okay. This sounds like a weed smoking day. Yeah. This is this man is the one who got away. I guarantee you that no. was your soulmate. No. He wasn't a good kisser. Oh. Oh. Yeah. oh God. But he, I was just doing the whole thing for the story. And he thought he was so funny. And he wasn't. Oh, no. Oh, but you were nice. Thank you. If you're listening. <laughs> we got to get him on was. the podcast. <laughs> so. Yeah. May I ask a couple questions? Couple, couple yeah, questions. sure. Yeah, we what? need some followers. Have you given up on love? No, I have not given up on love. I love love. Okay. But, <laughs> I, and I understand the desire to, I mean, I, I don't understand. I'm, I, no, but let you me hear a lot you. of like my, the clock is ticking with sometimes women will emphasize that. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know how real or that mm -hmm. is. I, so I appreciate it. Oh, that. yeah. It's real. It's real. Our fertility goes down as we age. That's just a fact of life. Our reserve gets lower. There are chromosomal abnormalities in older eggs. And men have a biological clock, too. Biological clock. Noun. An innate mechanism that controls the physiological activities of an organism that changes on a daily, seasonal, yearly, or other regular cycle. Now, as I discovered in one of my other episodes, it wasn't until the 1970s in a Washington Post article that the term biological clock was used to describe women and their fertility. But the truth is, according to womenshealth.gov, about one-third of infertility cases are due to women, one-third due to men, and one-third is a mix of both or unknown problems. So... Do you have, like, male friends who, like, are also yeah, wanting so, to be a parent? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Have you, like, have you kind of vetted this process out, or have you decided... Yeah, so when I started, I started with my close friends. I've got a couple guys who are down to help me. I've got a couple guys who are kind of on the fence about it and i've got a couple of guys that don't want to do it at all um so you have i've got people lined up ready to go they're not lined up you have at least like three or four people who who said who that are they willing would, to do yeah. this favor for and me. you have said 
thank you, but I'm going to try to find something better. No, I'm really, the podcast is also. (laughs) She's like, I've got Nick from The Bachelor coming, so I'm going to check in with him first. Hold on, probably not going to happen, but what if? (laughs) You know? I told Amanda, you said you, were gonna, you weren't going to be a donor. I said, I'm going to try the whole time to convince him. Well, you should probably. No, I, I wait, appreciate wait. a good try. Okay, you know? well, I, ha- I'm I, not, I haven't even started trying yet. So if, if you were to meet someone, yeah, hypothetically, this friend of yours, she's like, I, listen, if you need it, I'm down. Yeah. Will there be intercourse involved or no, no. this is going to be the scientific way? <gasps> Turkey baster. But you can like save a lot of money just by like getting drunk and having sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I don't want to do that. It just complicates everything. Mm, yeah. Does so it? I'm really trying to keep this separate from my love life because, huh. um, yeah, I would feel a strong connection to that person if I was going to have sex with them. Potentially. I don't know. I could. I don't want to sound like a shallow guy, but do you have a, an emotional connection with every guy you've ever slept with? No. Okay. But if I had a child with that man, it might, he or I may have that feeling. What if you just know you won't have feelings for someone? <laughs> then I probably wouldn't so want one to... or the other. No, I probably wouldn't want to have sex with them if hmm. I didn't have any feelings for them or or at least find them. I don't know. Hmm. These are good questions. No, it is a good. Actually, nobody's ever I mean, asked. Very, well, they there, have. Listen, I, there are women that I've been very physically attracted to and I guess like them, but I didn't feel an emotional connection. Right. No, I have... But as a guy, I mean, I was certainly. I have that. I have that. You know. But I, I just don't, I just think it's too complicated for this situation. And how can I ask how much does it cost to get artificially inseminated? Well, so I could do it at home with a home turkey, the turkey what? baster method. Is it really a turkey baster or is no. it some sort of you special can straight team? up a like, home insemination kit? No shit. It's 40 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Pull it up, Amanda. Oh yeah. You want I mean, me to... It's 40. Oh, fine. Then oh, yes. For 40 on. bucks, I would, yes. Do, pay the 40 bucks. <laughs> I thought it was like $30,000 or some no, shit. That's for IVF. And that may be a necessary thing in the end. So in, tr- in vitro fertilization. Um, so because I'm going to be 40, my mm-hmm. um, fertility may be. Well, you, you can get. Hold on, uh, hold on. No, Amanda, look up home insemination kit. Not turkey baster. Amazon has everything. Okay, so for $44, you can prime this and it will get here in free one day shipping. Can you get it here before Nick leaves? I love it how it's just like, we need it now. You know, this you know? <laughs> yeah, it really should. Well, can be you a prime situation. it? Because if you can't prime it, then it's. I mean, I don't want to wait. I might be over in a day. Yeah, I don't okay. want to think about this. There's actually a great reason why you might want to be able to overnight the insemination kit, and that reason is ovulation. We all know about ovulation, mostly, but let's review. Ovulation is when your ovary releases the egg and the egg travels down the fallopian tube, but the lifespan of that egg is only 24 hours. Now, sperm lasts five days outside the male body, so if you have sex five days prior to ovulation, you can still get pregnant, but the ideal day for conception is the day you ovulate. How do you know if you're ovulating? Well, the best way to know is to know your mucus. Yep, your mucus is 90% water during ovulation, which makes it clear, slick, and slippery. This is your time, ladies, to have sex or to not have sex if you're trying to avoid the baby-making situation. Okay, I'm looking at some reviews here. Is is that something you can do as a woman to, like, test your fertility? Right? You can test your fertility. I don't know if there are tests that you can... I'll have to look that up. Yeah, there are home fertility tests for women. They test your follicle-stimulating hormone, your FSH, and your AMH, your anti-malarian hormone. But in general, home tests are not as accurate. So if you really want an accurate depiction, you're going to want to go in and get an ultrasound of your ovaries. I actually was just delivered a free 
male home fertility test. Oh. Track is the only at-home device that looks at two semen parameters and gives you feedback on how to improve based on your current lifestyle. Want to know how you're doing down there? Then order one of their home fertility kits and test yourself in the comfort of your own home. Don't forget to type in SpermCast2018 at checkout for your 15% discount. I didn't bring it because I, I don't know you. <laughs> but you would have to jerk off into a cup. And then um, we would put it, uh, take a little squeeze and put it on the centrifuge. And it would spin around and tell us how your sperm count and... I want to pass. Voila. Okay, I can accept that. But for anyone else who's curious... T-R-A-K, trackfertility.com. Find out what's going on down there. Your fertility is totally linked to your health, and your sperm count and motility, that can all change over the course of 90 days just by changing your lifestyle. Anyway, moving on. I don't know how we got onto this next subject, but here it is. And that's so maybe why the I thought is, is like back to this guy you were dating who already had kids, and you liked him, but you wanted to have a baby, which is totally normal. But I didn't know if you I have wanted... a baby, then like that immediately opens the doors for other men who may have kids, and it's no yeah. longer a concern of yours because you're like, listen, I got mine. Yeah, it frees me up, and I can just be a single mom and not put that pressure on every guy I date. Okay. And then I'm on Tinder and Bumble, and it comes up on all my first dates. I just tell them about my podcast, and then <laughs> there you go. And then I started bragging to Nick about how I'm killing it on Tinder and Bumble these days, and. I don't know why I was doing that, but I mean, I'm sure most of that was coming out of insecurity because he's so gorgeous and everybody he knows is so gorgeous. But mostly I wanted to express the freedom I feel dating now that there's less pressure of finding a mate. But really, I'm really killing it on Tinder, you guys. You know, before we got totally off on this tangent, we were trying to ask Nick if any guys from Bachelor Nation would be good sperm donors. Or we were asking you if you had any people other than him. I'm usually not... Um, I usually don't like a lot of them. Of the guys? Yeah, they don't seem like real people, or and they all seem very young, but I did like that the guy that didn't win on Becca's season. What was Blake? his name? Yeah, he was cool. Is he cool? I haven't met him. Oh. He's like a nice enough guy. I mean, he... He seems smart and handsome. Do you think he'd be willing to give Molly She's his ne- He's never met him. I know, but just from what you know. <laughs> no. Are you kissing the mic? Maybe. Um... <laughs> I don't know what kind. Of, I don't mean this. I don't know what kind of guys are into that. I don't mean that as a negative. I just don't. I literally don't know. What do you What do you think about sperm donation? And what do you think about people that do it? I, mean, I, I think it's fine. I mean, it? for me personally, I have a strong desire. I, I have a strong desire to be a dad. Yeah. Um, and I have a strong desire to be a father with someone I'm in a relationship with. Yeah. And I haven't given up on that idea. So for me, yeah. it's not on the table. Yeah. If you had a close friend ask you for your sperm, would you consider that? Or would it still be zero for it you? It would be zero just because, um, again, I still haven't given up on that hope that I will one but day what is, find that. What it, why does it have to be mutually exclusive? Because it's just too... Because it would be too hard for me to... Because, I mean, I, I again, I... Because you feel a connection to your, your genes. I, 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 well, it's, it's my kid. Is it? If for me, it would be. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Some people. I mean, that's feel a that strong way. feeling. Well, yeah. Well, literally, it would be my kid. Whether genetically, like, biologically, yes. Which, but if you weren't raising which that kid, that matters to me. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. I mean, I'm sure maybe because some guys are different. Like, if I were to find out, you know, how every guy jokes, like, "Well, do you have any kids?" I don't think so. You know, like I'm yeah. certain I don't. But if I were to somehow find out that I was wrong, that would really affect me. Yeah. To know that I've had a kid, or you know. 
out there that would that would I'd want to know. Yeah. Well, um, Nick, we have a surprise for you. Yeah. <laughs> Bring them out. Come um, on in, kids. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that would be off the off the table. I mean, that might change. I mean, hopefully not. But if you <laughs> say ten years, it's just like <laughs> I really minutes. want a kid. And I have a, a a dear friend who's like, say, in your position. It's like, mm-hmm. you know what? Fuck it. Let's let's go for it. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Like, as if I assume that if, if you end up having a child mm-hmm. in, a, in a way, and that whoever your donor is decides, like, listen, I, I love you, or I don't, whatever, maybe you don't have an emotion, like, as a friend, you can have my seed, but I really. I do not want to be involved. I don't want to be a, fine. But that's a conversation you're going to end up at some point having to deal with with your child. Like right. that's it, you just are. You can't just pretend. I mean, I know we live in a more progressive environment, but uh, I'm sure those are conversations you have to have like yeah. other, you know. So those are decisions I, that would you know, that would bother me as a, a father, a, a guy to know that I would have a kid and then it would be tougher for they would have to go through some sort of process or conversation of course of course these are things that i've thought about in fact it's come up in a lot of episodes and what i've always said is that i will tell the child right from the get-go and i want to be completely open and honest the child's whole life i also thought that i would do a whole episode about these kind of discussions further down the road when i'm actually pregnant but since it keeps coming up i'm going to talk about it now The 2004 guidelines from the American Society of Reproductive Medicine strongly suggests that children be told of their origins from the get-go. According to the Donor Conception Network, the goal of early telling is that a child should grow up never knowing a time when they didn't know about their origins by donor conception. Some people start talking to their babies about it, there are children's books about the subject, booklets for parents, workshops and support groups for parents. It's believed that the earlier you start, the easier it is likely to be for you both. They also say it's not a one-time conversation, but an ongoing process. The discussion should happen in the context of a relationship that is evolving and growing stronger. Now, back in the 70s and 80s, OBGYNs and sperm banks advised parents not to tell their children. I spoke with a woman named Victoria who was donor-conceived, and her parents didn't tell her until she was 13. I remember thinking, hmm, well, that makes sense. Yeah. And not being incredibly devastated by it, but I do distinctly remember thinking that I wish I had been told earlier. So there, I, you know, I was just told my dad was my dad. I never really thought to question it. Um, but then actually on learning it, it really made a lot of things make sense. So I have some personality features that um, are a little bit different than other members of my family. And, you know, always kind of wondered, you know, does my, you know, how did I, just random things that we all wonder, you know, who did I get this from or where did that come from? And I think it's very important. I really think that um, it's it's a integral part of your identity to at least yeah. And know the donor and it's uh it's really a shame um, if people are not able to figure it out 
Yeah. Once Victoria found out she was donor-conceived, she signed up for something called the Donor Sibling Registry. It's a place where people can search for their biological identities and make connections with their half-siblings and possibly their donors as well. She waited around for a couple years and didn't hear anything, but then suddenly an older man contacted her. They thought he might be the donor dad, but ultimately they concluded that the timing just didn't line up. So her search went quiet for a few more years until her stepdad told her about 23andMe. She'd heard of it, but never knew she could find out so much. I was able to, over a period of several days and many hours of research, this was all over my uh, spring vacation, uh, was able to put it together that it was actually this man that I had talked to. Uh, oh my gosh. Over almost 10 years ago at that point. And so I was freaking out. You know, I think a lot of us had kind of, a lot of us who were told by our parents, uh, you know, we kind of put it in the, the kind of realm of something like um, alien life on other planets. You know, we thought yeah. Yeah, they might be out there, maybe not, but it doesn't really matter to us because we'll never find them anyway. Yeah. Um, but now that is absolutely shattered. It is relatively easy if your donor was someone um, who is from the U.S. Uh, to figure out to do ancestry DNA for 60 bucks, 70 bucks, 23 and me, and um, end up with a half sibling or at least um, other relatively close relatives that you can see their family trees and figure it out for yourself. There's actually tutorials online for how to do it. Oh my gosh. Um, it is, uh, it's, it's actually relatively sophisticated. In the last two years, there's just been so many of these cases. I'm in some Facebook groups for people who are donor conceived and like there's tutorials just like boom, boom, boom. This is exactly how you go about finding it. So it's, um, there's, there's no more secrets in it. Victoria is actually a wealth of information on this subject. So if you want to hear more of our conversation, it's actually about 20 minutes long and I'm going to put it on patreon.com forward slash spermcast. That's patreon.com forward slash spermcast. You'll hear lots of cool stories about this industry. So then I spoke with Rachel, who was walking a dog at the time of this conversation. She is 24 years old and was donor conceived. Um, her mom was a single mom by choice. And her mom told her everything from the get-go. Can I ask how that might have affected you when you were a kid? Or did it you feel know, normal or not weird? It, growing up, you only have your own experience yeah. to compare it to. My mom had a lot of friends and I had a lot of supportive people in my life at the time. And I never felt like I was lacking anything. It was just more like the history part of it. And just like, you want to know, know where your features come from and like certain habits you have. And I personally just wanted to know, like, what were the events, like the physical events that brought me here on earth? Like, where did my grandparents come from? Where did their grandparents come from? Yeah. Um, but when I was eight years old, I decided to post on Donor Sibling Registry, which is a website where donor kids can connect with possible siblings. Oh, my gosh. Poss amazing. But I never got a hit. She never got a hit. Oh. So finally, when she turned 18, she contacted the sperm bank and they said all of the records had been destroyed. They, it was just run around excuses. I would leave them so tons of voicemails. But when I turned 19, I got a message on Facebook from a guy telling me that he thought he had found my posting on Donor Sibling Registry, tracked my mom's email to find me, and he thought that we were potentially half-siblings. Cool. And it turns out we had gone to preschool together. Oh my gosh. And that we had the same best friend through elementary school. Oh my gosh. And I remember him. I remember him at parties. I remember when he went to boarding school. He also came along with another brother. And he was yeah. a half too? He was a half too. And wow. they had met randomly when they were three years old. <gasps> Since Rachel only had a few clues about her father's identity, she finally turned to 23andMe a year ago. Cut for 
remembered five weeks later, I got matched with eight more siblings. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, one sibling, one sibling through the DNA site, but he turned out to be a triplet and they had met on a different donor sibling registry page. Wow. Long story, way, way, way too short. And I'll have Rachel on for another episode to tell the full story. But she and all of her half-siblings pieced together a bunch of different clues. And they ended up finding him through a combination of IMDb and Google. And uh, lo and behold, I would highlight the names, throw them in the Google search. And eventually I put in his name and his headshot popped up. Oh my God. And uh, it was just like very much looking into a warped mirror of myself. Oh my god, <laughs> that's insane! Oh yeah. my god, he, like honestly, he is just like he thinks this is the best thing that has ever happened to him in his life, and he's lived a very rich life. Yeah, and all twenty-three of my siblings. Oh my god, uh, it's yeah. But like now, I have all these people who I have like very weird, strange similarities to, <sighs> and in no other context would I ever meet them or be friends with them. <sighs> remember there's one weekend where 13 of us decided to gather Mm -hmm. and I have never laughed so hard in my entire life oh my god yeah it's nice it's nice to have a community yeah that's amazing I I have lived such a very blessed life and had had been given so many opportunities that I I'm just extremely grateful for and um I don't know like I can't imagine not having the situation because it's been my life for 24 years and it's fun. I, I enjoy it. That's really wonderful. No, nothing is ever, bo- ever boring. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. 23 siblings. What a wild world we live in. Anyway, back to Nick. You actually seem to have like a very, like such a strong opinion about this more than anybody I've interviewed so far. I'm wondering if that has to do with all of your, well, your upbringing and you grew up with, you had a lot of siblings, Maybe, I guess. I mean, I I have 10 siblings. I come from a large family. I don't want 10 kids. (laughs) A big part of my upbringing was seeing my parents' relationships and, um... I, I guess maybe I put a lot of value on that. Yeah. Um, my values have changed and evolved as I've grown older, but one constant has always been my desire to be a dad. Mm-hmm. That hasn't changed. Yeah. Um, and my desire to be in a relationship, Yeah. that hasn't changed. I mean, it, what's changed in that is kind of the pressure I put on myself to find it at a certain point in my life or the expectations of like, you have these like, I want to find someone who has all these like, you yeah. have you more resume build when you yeah. are younger. Yeah. I think as you get older, you realize those things really don't matter, you know, in terms of connecting with someone um, and finding the things that are important. But uh, the the content has always been a desire to to be a a dad. So since I still want that, um, (laughs) I would want it in a more traditional way. Yeah. I had um, six siblings growing up and I've always wanted to have five kids. I used to always say every year every year it gets less (laughs) you're like give me one I'll be lucky to have one (laughs) what um but yeah I mean this is out of for me desperation this is not for lack of trying I've had long wonderful relationships long shitty relationships and never ever ever expected that I would get to this age and not have what I always assumed that I would have do you think you're too picky I think I am picky and I think that's there's nothing wrong with being picky yeah you're too picky too picky? Sure. No. I don't think I'm too picky because I, I have zero interest in settling down with somebody that I am not going to love for the rest of my life. Sure. Mm. Okay. I just couldn't imagine not feeling great with somebody and being stuck with them 
especially just because there was a kid involved or just to have a kid and then bring a child into a relationship that's not healthy. You know she's picky if out of all the men in Bachelor Nation, the only sperm she's interested in is yours. <laughs> I can't be the only one. Well, I thought Dean was cute, but he's so... What about Juan Pablo? He's so silly. Sorry. He's so young. Juan Pablo was gross. Uh, yeah. Um, who else was, was there that I liked? Ooh, grocery store Joe is cute. <laughs> I've that? met him once. He's a nice He's guy. He's new. Yeah. Oh, oh, I, I fell off. Oh my God, you guys, I forgot about Ben Higgins. My Ben Higgins from my season of The Bachelor. Oh my goodness, Nick, you need to get Ben on my show. Please tell him about me. I mean, remind him about me. Our chemistry was undeniable. Bachelor fans, if you're listening and you don't know what I'm talking about, Google Molly Hawkey Bachelor. That's H-A-W-K-E-Y. Do you ever yeah. think about alternate universe or like sliding doors if you had never sure. gone on? Like yeah. maybe you'd be married and have kids? Of course. And I, the answer to that question is I don't, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. I really don't know. I don't, I don't have a strong opinion where like if I hadn't gone, I definitely would have. Who knows? Maybe you'd be dead. Oh my gosh. Could, yeah. yeah. I would, maybe maybe we'd be dead if he hadn't gone on. It's entirely yep. possible. Yeah, because I wouldn't have come over to your house to like, watch you Bachelor have and drink white wine. My season of The Bachelor, yeah. and you would have been, you got T boned by a drunk driver or something. Yeah. I don't, yeah. yeah. It's like these are all possible. Yeah. I, I definitely believe in that. Yeah. I definitely, I don't believe in fate. Um, I believe in like shit happens. Mm hmm. What about the universe? About Do you it? feel like there's energy in the universe that bring, you, you bring sure. in positive yeah. stuff and negative stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Like the secret kind of? Is that what I you're talking so. about? I guess yeah. so. But I, I believe in the fact that we are given choices and windows and doors. If you can make the wrong choice, I think... <sighs> I have a hard time with choice in my I life. I think people, I mean, people say things like, well, it was meant to be. To make themselves feel better about the shitty situation they're in, and oftentimes their shitty choice. I agree. I actually agree. I with mean, that. that's it's a coping mechanism. Reality is, is that things have a tendency of working themselves out, mm. which is different than everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. Because if you're like willing to learn from your mistakes, it'll work out. And you know, life usually works out. Yeah. You make decisions and you deal with it. Mm -hmm. And I'm dealing with the repercussions of all of my decisions. <laughs> As am I <laughs> on a podcast, As and you I. are yeah, too, aren't we all? Do you want to now um, take a minute to maybe try and get Nick from a zero up to like a point five? Okay, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like make hmm. a, you know. I don't, I mean, he seems really strong-willed. Well, make but... a case for yourself and what a good. Okay. It has nothing to do with you. I know, that's the thing. Hmm. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out if there's anyone in this universe. That you would give your sperm no. to? Nick, if there was like a, rare, a very close girlfriend and. For some reason, your sperm was the only sperm that could get her pregnant. If for somehow I was like, she was basically infertile except for my sperm. And yeah. her only dream in life was to be a mother. Yeah. And somehow we knew this fact. Yeah. Maybe. We got him. <laughs> yeah, that's good enough for me. But that's not the case. Um, not I'm yet. Sure I'm sure you're very fertile. Ooh. You hear that? He thinks I'm fertile, Why guys. Why are you so sure? I'm, yeah. just, I'm just making herself, you know, positive energy. And, uh, not to mention you have a bunch of other, like, guys ready to go. Yeah, I know. Also, think about it. I mean, do you really want to have that conversation with your kid? You know, little sad, what boy or girl do you imagine? Oh, I, I actually don't. It keeps going back and forth. Well, you have a, do you have a 
met a boy and a girl name picked out in your head? I'm really right bad now, at. You have, I, a, you have a baby today, boy and a girl. What are their names? Just. Um, I can't. Let's go. Let's go. Come no, on. Because the first Spit word that's coming to my mind is Jean. Jean. Okay. So Jean, <laughs> gender neutral. Boy and the girl. Right. Yeah. So anyways, fair Jean, enough. because it's all about genetics. So do you really, do you really want like little Jean, five or six years old, and Jean's like, Mom, who's my dad? And you're like, all right, so I'm going to be honest with you. Let me tell, let's it have that conversation. It was this dude who went on this dating show, who, who went a bunch of times and couldn't find anyone. And I convinced him to, do you really want that to be your father Look, of your child? Amanda, you're Gene, you okay? Do I'll be your mom. Okay, mom, knock, knock. Can I come hold in? Hold on, Gene, hold on. Oh my God, hold on. <laughs> oh God, what am I seeing? No, 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 sorry, honey. So, I have no. a question. What's up, babe? So uh, you know how all the other kids I go to school with have a mom and a dad? Yeah. Who's my dad? Well, you know, Uncle Nick. Uh-huh. Well. From The Bachelor? <laughs> <laughs> it's still on and it's 47 season. He's The Bachelor again? <laughs> Not all families are made the same. You I'm know that. I'm still in your life? Yeah, you're yeah. Uncle Nick. No. We're friends now, Uncle Nick. Okay. Let's watch Paradise. <laughs> Let's see what Uncle Nick's doing on Paradise. Gene, you're my best friend. <laughs> yeah, you don't want that for your child. Well, I want to stability, you know, it see, I have I am 100 percent sure that I would give my child the best life. So I like I went to the movies with a friend and before I started this podcast, she gasped and she said, I am so excited for that child to have you as a mom. Oh, and that like something I just thought of right now. I think what's important if uncle whatever wants to be in the person's life, I do think that person should be harder to Google. Mm. Then yeah, Uncle Nick or Uncle Juan Pablo. <laughs> no Juan Pablo. <laughs> it's only a, he's the only guy I remember. I'm saying if the person doesn't want to be. So if, mm-hmm. if 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 Uncle Nick wants to be or Uncle Juan Pablo, then fine. Like that person will be in the child's life mm-hmm. as the uncle. Fine. And that's why you're gonna have to be Uncle Nick and you can't just be <laughs> far away. <laughs> it's a perfect solution. And it's the perfect solution, Nick. That wasn't really my point. What's your middle name? Joseph. <laughs> Little Joseph. You'll name the child Little Joseph. Jojo. Can you get me um, some access to grocery store Joe? <laughs> I mean, I've met him. No, I'm just kidding. I'm all about you, Nick. Um, <laughs> oh my God, I'm sick. I'm shameless. Anyway, that's when we started talking about dating apps. Your bio say looking for your seed. It should, it to should. be honest. It's pretty good. All it says is, um, <gasps> you're going to like what it says, guys. I'm so curious. It says, just looking for a nice guy to kiss on the rigs. On the rigs? Yeah, that's not like, funny. Like on the regular? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Hearing that back now, I'm realizing it kind of sounds like I'm saying, looking for a nice guy to kiss on the legs. <laughs> that's not what I was going for. I was just trying to sort of convey the point that I'm uh, looking for a relationship, but I'm also a sexual being. Oh man. Embarrassing. Nick? I would never make it on The Bachelor. Do you really want a nice guy? Yeah. Hundred percent. That's an honest question. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you attract nice guys? I do now. I didn't used to. Mm-hmm. If uh, let's pretend that you're my sperm donor. Um, I what mean, my I... parents have aged very well. Yeah. Um, especially and... my mom for having eleven kids. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I got to tell you, my parents are super hot. <laughs> so. And... If it makes you feel any better, if I were on my deathbed, <laughs> and I was gonna die tomorrow, but I wanted to like give life, <gasps> you can have my seeds. Yeah. Yes! We got him. Yes! 
Because I, you know, it seems like my yes. my kid would have a pretty decent mother. Yeah. So are you saying you're probably a five out of ten of interest now? <laughs> I mean, I hope I don't die. You're a ten oh, out of shoot. ten if you're dying tomorrow. If you're dying tomorrow, I love it. Yeah, sure. Yes. Yay. Yes. Um, okay, I mean, wait. If I'm so dying what? tomorrow, I'll go in the bathroom, grab a Playboy, <laughs> order that thing on Prime, and we'll get this thing done. <laughs> I'll order the yes. turkey baster now, just in case. <laughs> Just in case, I don't want anything bad to happen to you. But just yeah, in case, what? I mean, come on. okay. I'm yeah, having knock a birthday wood. party on uh, Saturday. You and all your friends should come. <laughs> all your bachelor friends. <laughs> Bring a couple guys you think Molly could sucker into being her. Oh sperm my god! Donor. I thought you were gonna. I thought you say, said suck. yes. Oh no, Amanda! I would never say something uh, like that. She really wouldn't. Orgy porno. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Bring a couple of bachelors. Is there Molly podcast can... porn? Ooh, good idea. Podcast porn. <laughs> good like, idea. Uh, yeah, turns out there are a whole lot of erotic podcasts. You want to get turned on when you're washing your dishes or pumping iron at the gym or even nursing your baby? Tune into SwingerCast to hear hosts Allie and John describe their sexual adventures with other swingers. You'll get a crash course in foursomes, double penetration, open relationships, and what the life of a swinger couple really looks like. Or maybe you'd like body storytelling. On each episode, host Dixie De La Tour shares real-life sex stories submitted by listeners who perform their own stories of love, lust, and feeling funny in your bathing suit area. For some straight-up erotica, try Kiss Me Quick. Host Rose Carraway, who's also known as the Sexy Librarian, reads erotic short stories aloud in vivid detail. Amanda's got a podcast network. Maybe I'm you could starting a podcast network. I should do like podcast porn mean? for women. A podcast network, like can I be honest, like. like- me, Dean, and Jared have recorded a couple podcasts for Paradise. People uh-huh. honestly don't know where the fucking put it. Like, what do I put it on? You I just have, have liter- it, like, what, on your phone? It's well, on a... It's iTunes. On, like, a, but you have to put it on something to put it on auto. Yes, yeah, yeah. so you have to find out. Honestly, no one can fucking tell me. Okay. It's not that... We can tell you. You we talk to you. us after the podcast. We'll walk you through it. This yeah. is what happens in this house. It's a podcast house. Um, so. Yes. Anyways. Her, we'll her husband is a big podcaster as well. You're starting a network. Yeah, I'm starting a network. All, hers is all female. All women. What do you mean all women? <laughs> it's w- run by women and the content that we're launching with will be all women hosted podcasts. But Why does it have for... to be a women hosted podcast? Um, just because... Are women not interested in a male's point of view? It's all um, over the world already. Ready. Yeah, so we want to do a space that is like specifically women-driven content, just because sometimes the other networks are like mostly male-driven. Like, and are they? yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, like what ninety yeah. percent? Yeah, of podcasts is all just white men. Really? <laughs> I made that up, but it's probably true, you guys. Yeah. I think that she's just giving opportunities to female hosts that gotcha. don't have opportunities with other networks because they I don't think like that no. there's a female demographic out there that wants to hear all yeah, this. Well, I feel like podcasts are literally only looking for women. I mean, I feel like that is the wave that's happening right now. And there is like podcasts are so great because anyone can do a podcast and you can throw it up. But on host it, I mean, you weren't able to figure that out. But <laughs> most people you can anyone can put a podcast up. You don't need a lot of money. Like there sure. aren't really gatekeepers. But as far as like being publicized and having you know yeah, money no, like a, things. yeah for sure yeah yeah so that's what we're, we're trying to do but definitely open to like male co-hosts and eventually we'll probably open it up to all sexes gotcha yeah but just yeah. to start we're, we're gonna yeah. keep it female yeah. hosts do you ever wonder about your own fertility yeah <laughs> well molly has a kit no, no we're not doing i'm definitely it. one of those people who like what doesn't want to know yeah um, yeah and what it yeah i'm a worrier yeah. Yeah. Have and you ever it, had a panic attack? I'm surprised I haven't. I'm glad mm-hmm. to hear that you haven't, because if so, I wouldn't take your sperm. 
<laughs> you know what's interesting? I immediately was like, well, why the fuck not? Oh, you like, have to neg him. That's yeah. what you need to do. Uh, that negging works on me. You know what? Um, uh, we don't want your sperm yuck. Really? Because I'm ready to go. Um, <laughs> Get the kit. Get the paster. <laughs> um, really, I, I, I definitely have anxiety. Yeah. But it's manageable. I just started Lex. I, I just it. started Lexapro, and you don't take anything because of you feel like there's a stigma, or, or you just don't want to have that in your body, or uh, both? you see a therapist. I no, honestly, I think if I saw a therapist, I would just talk him to death. That's what they're for. Yeah, but so like, that you so don't talk th- your friends to death. I think you can. Sure, I think if I think some people, and I'm, I include myself in this, is like sometimes, you know, my biggest problem sometimes is I need to be more present, mm-hmm. and I need to stop analyzing and overthinking yeah. what does this mean or could i do a better job of this or etc cetera, etc cetera, are you a virgo be, i'm a libra <laughs> um and so honestly i think sometimes therapy would literally almost make m- that worse for me maybe uh, but it might illuminate some things that you didn't realize before i feel like i have illuminated everything there is yeah. about myself right 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 um i mean like I, I that's just what i do a lot yeah um, yeah and so but yeah, and therefore I think that and uh, that brings anxiety. But it also like I can't imagine being under the spotlight like you have and all that. So I think that would that gives me anxiety just thinking about it. And like I have been, a couple companies have approached me about doing a docu series about this whole process that I'm doing, and I had to say no because it just makes me anxious. Guys, don't get mad at me. I know it was an opportunity to make money, but I thought long and hard about it for weeks and it just didn't sit right with me. That doesn't what make part? Well, I don't want to be contractually obligated to have this baby if it's not, you know, I don't want to have well, to You could probably put that in your contract that you don't aren't obligated. I know, but I don't want to let down 100,000 people or whoever's watching. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. I, did you feel that? That's for yeah. them to decide. But don't you but, but what Do about I, the yeah, pressure yes, that yes, you felt? Yeah. Sure, you feel that. Isn't it scary? <laughs> I mean, when you are asked to be the bachelor, bachelorette, there's, I mean, the show does not say you have to get engaged. There's, they, and they really, throughout the process, don't really pressure you. It's wow. Just, it's already embedded. It just comes. It just yeah. comes more from Bachelor Nation. You kind of accept that it's going to end a certain way. Yeah. I really cared for Vanessa and had Vanessa not been there I don't know what I would have done mm. so it wasn't like it was insincere mm-hmm. in terms of my feelings towards her and the proposal there's a realization that there's a lot of work to do and it's not the same as a let's say a proposal or an engagement that manifests in the quote-unquote real world but you kind of you're you know going in that you're most likely going to take a huge leap of faith yeah the only really hope as a lead is that you you won't have to fake it Mm, yeah, because um, but I and I don't think most people do. I mean, I think from what I know, uh, for the, even the people whose relationships didn't work out, they didn't fake their feelings for the person. Um, yeah. it wasn't like they didn't really believe that they cared for this person and really hoped that it would work out. Do you think if Molly and I had been on your season of The Bachelor, <laughs> would we have made it past the first night? <laughs> yeah, past sure. night one, night yeah. one, N- yeah. night. How about night first two? impression, Rose? First. Me- what yeah, you, sure. Yeah. What about the second week? Do you think we could have like if all the way? Yes, yeah, we would have both. You would have chosen. Oh, no, right became, before hometowns. You know. I think I would have been down to me and Amanda. Yeah. No, don't tell. Us. Oh, on a two-on-one. <laughs> okay, so we're we're on a two-on-one. On two-on-one. We're in a desert, home. sitting on a bed, a four-post bed in the desert. <laughs> Who do you pick? 
Or send us both send, home. He's sending. He's doing. He's sending us both home. On a two-in-one. And then just for like a fact. Yeah, yeah but you, Molly is the one asking for your sperm. <laughs> oh right, that's true. In the show, you're you lead with sperm. That's my yeah. That's like my. You come out of limo with like, a little sperm head mask. Just the head of a sperm uh, on on my head. You bring your basking brought back. You know my your turkey little, baster. Your, your tur- turkey baster. That's so that's my funny. Bit. That's I'm your looking bit. for seed. And then her little title card. Or my fishing card is, rod with a yes. with a sperm on the end. And yeah. I'm sperm Desperate casting. for sperm. Molly Hockey, actress sperm slash seeker. sperm seeker. Yeah. yeah. I think I would make it to not just with you, but on a season of The Bachelor. I think I'd make it to like like the top 10 and then it would be like Amanda's fun but she better open up on this date or she's gonna get sent home and Ugh. then I wouldn't and I'd be sent home I think I do not think I would make it through night one of any bachelor ever and I'd be leaving at 6 a.m. and weeping <laughs> and sobbing. weeping and uh, I would be so awkward really, because I do not I'm not normal I don't really know girls is, like this it really is totally random so you either have a connection with the lead or you don't. And I would say a small percentage of the people who get out of limo actually have a real connection with the lead. From that point on, it's kind of like who might be good TV. Oh, yeah. Like who's chi- like who's also Oh, fun? the producers help w- decide on that one? No, it's just more like you can't have 25 people come on a limo and be like, I just, wow, just, I'm really vibing with all of them. You know, like <laughs> yeah. you, it's just an, an intangible feeling that you feel. And yeah. so you have a, you kind of like let um, them know. It's like, these are the people I'm really interested in. And you might like challenge yourself to think of a few more. It's just like, you know, I don't, I don't know if there's anything there, but like, yeah. I am curious. Can right? I watch that tape back? Because <laughs> um, sometimes people do active. They don't know how people are going to act in the show. So if someone gets on a limo and they literally are just, they don't talk. They look around. They're constantly observing the cameras and the production. <gasps> like they clearly, they're just, it's not for them and they'll, they'll go home. Ah, uh, wow. I see. So that makes sense. Oh, that's smart. I mean, for example, like, like Grocery Store Joe, for example, could have been the winner in a, for a different season, you know? Yeah. Uh, he went home night one. Mm-hmm. So that, it just depends. Yeah. Well, guys, we'll leave you here, Nick. Great. You're going to stay at Amanda's house and we're going to go. <laughs> It's a lovely house. Really. Yeah, you live here now. <laughs> I mean, I really like being in Venice, but this is a, a really, this is a, this place is a very yeah. it's nice. It's nice. Um, Nick, final thoughts, final um, final number. I mean, it's ten out of ten. Thanks if for the you're offer. Dying. I'm gonna pass. But ten out of ten, if you're dying. Yeah, sure. So maybe you should like message him tomorrow and just check in. I really hope that I don't die or go to the doctor. I have a physical coming up. And no, I hope I get a oh my God. you're very healthy. You'll, no, you're going to be great. You're going to be great. Nick, thanks for coming. It was really great of you to be here. What a pleasure. Yeah. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> wow. Nick Vial. Thank you so much for doing that, Nick. It was really great getting to know you. Don't forget to tell Raya to take me off their wait list. And also, don't forget to tell Ben Higgins about me, please, for my birthday. That's all I want. Big thanks to Victoria and Rachel for speaking with me about their experiences. I can't wait to talk to both of them again. And thanks as always to Amanda. To all you new listeners that came in just to listen to Nick, subscribe and go back and listen to all the other episodes. It's really, really fun. And to all you OG listeners, thank you so much for being around, sticking with me for these last 17 episodes. It's been a wild ride. If you haven't already, please, oh, please, oh, please rate and review the podcast and share with a friend. 
If you want to support this independent podcast and you want access to extra content, sign up for my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash spermcast. Got questions, concerns, want to just say hi? Email me at spermcast at gmail.com or leave a message or text at 323-741-1818. Happy birthday, you guys. I love you. He could be bald and bearded, shorter or tall, funny, smart, love basketball, gay, straight, black, white, shiny eyes with an underbite. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.